We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? Boy, John of the Mac here with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, coming at you uh, earlier than usual. Um, we are, uh, as we've been teasing, I think, over the last week or so, taking a little bit of a break. Um, Jeremy actually is already on vacation. Um, myself and Andrew are going to be leaving for vacation shortly. Uh, we will be back uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, you're going to get a uh, post game live stream for the uh, the first game after the All Star break, and Jeremy and I will have our usual Sunday show in uh, a little bit more than a week from now. But for this week, uh, we are doing it a little bit differently. So for starters, the episode that you're about to hear is dropping um, earlier than Sunday, as I'm sure you know because you're listening to it right now and is before Sunday. So uh, I am. Very pleased and uh, thankful that uh, David Fodernick, who has been on the show, of course, a million times before, was able to step in for Jeremy. And we, uh, you know, we did our usual, our usual Macri and Fuddy thing and uh, kind of talked through all of the, all of the hullabaloo surrounding this next team. I needed a laugh and Fuddy's always good for a laugh. So uh, this was a great episode. We had a lot of fun talking. I uh, just actually finished a, a little while ago. So uh, that is coming up. Right now, uh, the only other thing I will I will say because we we I mean we did discuss it on the podcast, uh, so I'll leave it for that. But like, you know, I will just say if you're a Knicks fan that is uh, um, perhaps always wanting to be in the know about what's going on, uh, go ahead and follow the Knicks Film School Twitter account uh, and keep your notifications on over the next uh, week because, uh, you know, we got some dribs and drabs of news on Thursday in regards to Tom Thibodeau and how safe is his job and, you know, does uh, are there people at the Garden uh, potentially who, who may not be uh, all on board the Tibbs train anymore? Uh, has William Wesley been talking to James Dolan? Uh, so, yeah, some reporting from Ian Bagley, the great Ian Bagley, about those things and that was that kind of stuff was, was confirmed uh, I think by the other beat reporters um, as well. So, you know, um, if you've been a Nick fan for long enough, you can kind of see where this is going. The writing's on the wall. Uh, we'll kind of see where it goes from here. Uh, but anyway, so I just did want to acknowledge those stories that were out there on Thursday. And uh, again, yeah, we'll see what happens. But hopefully there's no big news that drops in the next you know, week or so. But if some does, we will, of course, have you covered and we'll do the live stream and the emergency uh, emergency pod and the, and the whole bit. Uh, okay. 
Thank you, uh, as always, for uh, tuning in. And here is my conversation with David Futternick. Joining me now on the next Film School podcast, our most returning guest. He has returned more than any other time, than any other person has returned, which mm. means he should probably question everything about his life. When I come um, on, it's like Easter when I come on. I'm, always, I'm just back, always back. Every every April, I'm just back. <laughs> You're the Easter Bunny. What, what do yeah. you got in your What do you got in your basket? Oh, you know, uh, some phone numbers of other coaches and <laughs> <laughs> David Futternick. Oh, man, it's, Johnny uh, Bryan's contract. Johnny, <laughs> you think he? You think he? They they keep the interim tag on him for a while, or you think they just take it right off and go go full bore? Nah. Nah, he's been there long enough. He's no Herb Williams. No, he's no, been no, there. No. He's been there long enough. He's and he's, you know, he's earned it. Um, how long did the good times last? <laughs> they it, were, feel, it feels like a month now. Like last season feels so long ago and feels like it like almost didn't even happen. Um, well. I mean, last season was whatever it was, six, seven months long. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we went into this season feeling pretty good. Right. I remember our Kemba Walker episode that we did. A lot of, a lot yes. of good, a lot of good, good thoughts on there. Um, it was a nice then, story. It was a nice story. It was a nice story. <laughs> it was a story we were trying to talk into existence. Yes. Um, and then, and then, uh, so what would the season start in October, uh, end of October? And now we're, in late November. So that's one, two, three, four months. It took all of four months for what seemed like a legitimate organizational turnaround in my eyes, at least Yeah, to completely get uh, tossed aside, uh, burnt, burnt, like uh, lit up in, in smoke. I don't know. Whatever phrase you want to use. Yep. Yeah. I, look, I, uh, I wasn't like 100% into the Tibbs hiring in the first place, but there's no denying that the, the formula seemed to work. We had our, you know, we had obviously people had their gripes with his rotations last year, mm-hmm. playing, playing Julius too much, playing RJ too much. Um, and man, now it just seems like, you know, you, you could talk yourself into it because of the success last year. And you felt like, well, it, he pushed, you know, he squeezed so much juice out of that lineup that we got mm-hmm. the four seed last year. And so you kind of felt in your gut, maybe we were silly to, you know, worry about that. You know, we flipped to this season. Look at RJ, uh, you know, yeah, playing a guy in a blowout with a minute left and look what happened, you know. Yeah, and and that's not great. And like this this whole week hasn't been great. I and the sputtering out, you know, these these twenty something point law, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, leads that get squandered. It's it doesn't take a brain surgeon at this point to figure out that in the fourth quarter the starters are fucking gassed because they've sure. played too many minutes. I mean, this is what Tibbs is. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a guy that has always been stubborn to a fault. Um, to his, you know, to his own detriment and, you know, there is, it's kind of his way or the highway and that has served him well, I think at times, mm-hmm. um, what I, what I'm trying to wrap my, my head around here with this situation that has gone so far afoul of where we, we were not long ago. And specifically with the news today, the couple of leaks that like William Wesley has gotten James Dolan's ear about you know, is Tibbs at fault? Like we, we see where this is going. It, there's yep. no, there's no question about which way this is going. It, we, we know where it's headed. It's just a matter of time. Like until it gets there um, is like, why, why did it work so well last year? And why hasn't it worked this year? And I, I, I think there are a few things you could probably point to. And there's obviously like people have brought up like certain players haven't played as well. And there's been injuries and this, that, and the other thing last season, like that was that was a Tibbs team. That was exactly the team Thibodeau wanted in every sense, I think. Um, it was a group of guys that like he didn't have to worry about 
egos. He didn't have to worry about hurt feelings. He didn't have to worry about any of that. You know, Julius going into a contract year, all this stuff. And then this season, you know, a little bit of a different story. And like, I don't know, I, I am almost done writing my my Friday newsletter to kind of try to put all of this in perspective with with Tibbs and what's going to come at some point. And um, I don't know. I don't know exactly where to point it back to, but I, I, I'm starting to feel like the the moment that they decided to sign Kemba Walker was the, be- I actually, that was the beginning of the end mm-hmm. because I don't think he ever wanted Kemba Walker. And I think the moment that they were like, here, we're going to try this out. You're, you're going to try to fit this small point guard who doesn't really defend well. And is going to, you know, is going to require your, your, your horse, your, your, your dude, Julius Randall to have to adjust his game. I think that was the beginning of the end. Um, and I don't know if that's too, going too far, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's the Kemba thing is so bizarre to me because I find myself just kind of watching him on offensive sets and he's just not really doing anything. He's it's not, not even anything. that like, it's not like Alfred last year where it's like, Oh, he's driving to the basket and he can't finish and he falls on the baseline and can't get back on defense. Yeah. It's just kind of like a body is just like there. He's just there, you know, and you're just making it so much easier on defenses Uh, and and harder and, and, and that much harder on Julius. It's, it's not helping anyone, which is why like the one question that I can't answer for myself is why Kemba is still in there and why he continues to get minutes and play after the trade deadline, after the trade deadline, still, I even there's a part of me, honestly, that was shocked that he re-entered the lineup when he I thought like after he went down with that knee injury, that was it. We were going to we were never going to see Kemba Walker again. Yeah. Um, Especially after they started playing well and they had won, you know, five of six, six games. And I know they lost that Hornets game before Kemba came back, so which wasn't a great game. But um, yeah, I was just like, that's the thing that's confused me. And I wonder if it has to do with things that we are just not privy to. You know, the fact that like, I don't know, does he does he not want to sit on the bench? Does he just want to play? Is it because he has so much respect within the locker room? Is it because Thibodeau has so little trust in Emmanuel quickly or Deuce McBride or, you know, any of these other people, I guess, to run the show? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I am I am convinced at this point that he never wanted Kemba here. And mm-hmm. the fact that Kemba was brought here and Thibodeau was told, like, look, this is the way we're going. Um, try to make it work. I don't know. I think that was the beginning of the end. And then because I could kind of point to like everything devolving from there. Like the the like the the benching, obviously, which rubbed players the wrong way, apparently. And like mm-hmm. Julius, you know, with the lack of accountability and like that compared to Kemba Walker being sent to the bench. Like these are all the sorts of problems that he did not have to deal with last year at all. And I just, he has not done well with it. I'll say that he has not done well with it. No. And I'm so tired of him at press conferences, going back to his bullshit mantra about how the guys who are in the minutes, they play. Yeah. Those guys play. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. He believes it. Look, I guess you could talk yourself into anything, but at this point, he has to know his his job has been on the line on that West Coast road trip. I mean, oh yeah, uh, and I think that's maybe why he started playing Cam. By the way, but even so, it's like he's he's kind of playing Cam. The fact that he is playing him in non-garbage time minutes, he's playing him. But Grimes was out and then RJ was out. So it's made that a little, that avenue a little easier for him to go down. That's true. That's very true. But man, I I know that the G League is obviously not the NBA, but (laughs) how many phenomenal performances does Deuce McBride have to put in in Westchester for tapes to just give him some burn. Uh, you know, well, I don't think he's going to have to put in any more because I think as soon as we get back from the all-star break, 
regardless of who's the coach, I think we're going to see a very different Knicks rotation. Yeah. 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 We would, we would hope, but, but didn't we feel like that would happen after the trade deadline? Um, yes and no. There was a part of me that thought it might stay the same until this point, until the all-star break. And is is this like out of respect for Kemba, you know, not to just like pull the rug out from under him, but kind of like, let him sort of ease I, back to benching. I mean, Kemba hasn't finished either of the last two games. Uh, no. Maybe, maybe even more than that. I, I, I know it's at least he hasn't finished the last two games. So again, the writing is on the wall once, once more, uh, just like mm-hmm. it was earlier in the season. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a great answer for it. I, I think some of it does have to do with the, his lack of trust in, in quickly, who is the only other the only other option other than Burks to run, to run point other than McBride. And I think, yeah, you could say lack of trust and quickly lack of trust in McBride, six and one half does the other. I mean, he doesn't trust young players to run a team. Yeah. Lack um, of, lack of trust in the guy that was on fire last night and, yeah. you know, just like pulled the plug on him. Yeah, that, absolutely. It, it made <laughs> no the sense. On, the and then time. he brought, and then he brings him back into the game when it's too late. Like uh, yeah. at, between that and, Thinking that he still had the uh, the the a second challenge miraculously the that game was before. bizarre like like dude I, I'm bizarre. sorry I I I've stuck up for Tibbs not as much as you John uh, I don't think I, anyone but, stuck up for him as much as me no but I stuck up for him a fair amount it's it's the situation is is gotten to a point where like there's no sticking up for him anymore there's just you isn't. know I I think again. It, we're going to look back at this season and, and think of all the different things that have gone wrong. And a lot has gone wrong. And a lot of players have played very poorly. Um, he has not done a good job. He has not done a good job managing personalities and he has not go- done a, done a good job of, I think, you know, pushing the right buttons. I mean, I think the, the fact that their record is whatever it is, 25 and 34, when they really have not played that like they're the, the toughest part of their schedule is still ahead of them. So the fact that they're yes. 25 and 34 right now, as we're recording, this is, is indicative of a team that is really has not played well at all, you know? So no, he has not done a good job. I, I, again, I, I kind of go back to the fact that like, you knew what you were getting when you hired Tom Thibodeau. And like, for me, at least, Nothing that we've seen this season from him has diverted one bit from the guy that he's always been and from the guy that he was last year. He's a guy that is going to rely on his the guys that he could trust, the guys that can do. And I'm not even going to say older players. It's He relies on certain types of guys, certain types of guys that he knows or he thinks he knows are not going to take anything off the table in certain areas and are not going to have breakdowns in certain areas, which is why you're going to see Quentin Grimes, like, you know, what did he get for uh, 30 some odd minutes last night? Like, that's not surprising to me at all. Um, you know, just like RJ Barrett was a, uh, he was a, he was a second year player last year. Right. And he was third in the league in minutes. Yeah. So like he'll trust young players, but it's his types of young players. And when it's right. a type of player that is not his type of young players, but again, <laughs> Who is that on? I mean, obviously that's Tibbs is being inflexible there, but what did the organization like? Again, these are the people that purportedly knew him best. You right. know what I mean? Right. So where where is the where is the surprise? I guess is where I'm where I'm at at this point. My concern now, and obviously part of this is our our PTSD from the last twenty plus years, but I'm just getting a little worried that. James Dolan feels like it's time to put his finger back oh. on the scale, you know, because oh, yeah. this is that, that shit last night was embarrassing. Embarrassing. Oh, I and think we're, we're past that. I mean, we haven't, we haven't, he hasn't been, you know, I know he like, he, he embraced Julius, you know, there was all that reporting and, and leaving after Cam Thomas hit the dagger last night. Uh, so we have those reports, but like he hasn't really been talking, you know, I'm just worried that like we're we're going to have another like Michael K show appearance like, you know, oh, that I sort of deal. I mean, don't I don't think even so? really I don't even really care about that, to be honest with you. I, I if, oh, you man. In, 
I care, I care about that. <laughs> so what I care because we because because we want to harness this culture. And I know that it's impossible at this point to really lean on what happened last year. But there's a way to pivot and to get it back to some semblance of like respectability going into next year. But if Dolan starts, you know, putting his beak into the water again, I think that gets a lot harder because well, it's so easy. It's so easy to make him, you know, the boogeyman and and point it and for players to be like, oh man, don't you know? I do think the players like they feed into the media like stuff just as much as we all do. Well, Dolan coming out, you know, Dolan with the stuff about like Durant uh, with the Durant injury thing, like right after that, like that was a bad look. Um, Dolan, when he went on the Dolan, when he went on, what did he, where did he go? Michael K show. I don't remember what he said on Michael K show, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, and, but like that, I don't know. I, I care a little bit less about that. To me, the thing with Dolan in the news now with the World Wide West going to him and, you know, whatever, chirping in his ear, that's about just simply if you're going to fire a coach with with more than with a year of guaranteed money left on his contract, which Begley reported yeah, he, today. He had ownership. Yeah, so, if you need ownership, it's yeah. okay. So mm-hmm. to me, that's laying the groundwork for firing Tibbs in the offseason. You know, if I I would imagine it'll be in the offseason, if, if not sooner. Mm-hmm. So that's not Dolan getting involved. The part where I'm a lot more worried and where I think all of the culture stuff that built up last year is actually gone is this sense that, you know, once again, you look around at healthy organizations in the league and there's a hierarchy. There's Mm -hmm. a clear hierarchy, you know, and like, I don't know what your bright shining example of this is, is, is it, um, you know, nobody knows who Peter Holt is in uh, in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. You know, is it is it that um, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade went to Pat Riley, uh, whatever it was, 11 years ago and said, uh, we're done with this coach. You're going to fire him. And Pat Riley was like, fuck you. You're playing for him. Like whatever example you want to hold up, like there are clear and defined examples of where an organization sets things in such a way and then they go with it. And if it's if there's an organizational decision about this isn't working, we need to move in a different direction. It happens in such a way. What has worried me about what has come out now is that it is the latest sign that that is not how things operate here, where you're getting the leaks and you're getting to this and you're getting to that and like not on the same page and like all that stuff. Like that's not how things are supposed to go. And I don't know. Mm-hmm what the genesis of that is. Maybe, listen, maybe the day that Leon Rose decided that his approach as a president of basketball operations was going to be, I'm going to get all the voices in the room to help me make my decisions, including the head coach. Maybe the day he decided that was the, was that was the beginning of the end because once the head coach feels like he has, he has power to make decisions. Then when a decision doesn't go his way and he's forced to coach a guy that he didn't want to begin with, well, does that create a bit of a problem? And does that create tension with the front office that makes it tough to recover from if you start losing, because it's one thing if you have like, and I, I've said this something similar to this before. It's one thing if you have a disagreement and then the team is winning, because as you look back on it, you're like, okay, well, whatever, whether I was right, whether I was wrong, we're winning. So it's fine. When there's a disagreement and then losing comes from it, um, everybody digs in their heels in the sand and everybody's like, see, I was right. Or see, yeah. you you know, in this, and that is where I think things, and that's why I go back to the Kemba thing. If, if, if you're going to give Tibbs decision-making power to some extent, and he didn't want Kemba, you know, and like you look at everything that's followed and the hurt feelings from the benching. And it's like, to me, it all flows from there. And it's just not, it's not a healthy way to do things, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I just don't know where that leaves us. In a place that we're unfortunately very used to. <laughs> no, but that's, that's the, I mean, so here's what I, I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about like James Dolan coming into the, the, you know, the war room or whatever on, on like draft night and being like, get me, you know, whatever player or, mm-hmm. or him like stepping in, you know, to be like, I, I want you to hire this coach or, or anything like that. I, I think Dolan's, I don't think Dolan has any interest in that anymore. I don't think he cares. But 
you know, just the notion that like players from outside organizations are once again now going to look at the Knicks and be like, eh, is that a place I want to hitch my wagon? Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden you turn around and, and guess who's going to have a lot of pressure on him the day he takes over is Johnny Bryant. Yeah. And I maybe we're putting the cart before the horse, but I'm I'm mentally I'm already there. Seems pretty inevitable at this point. How? Come on. When, yeah. when it like, I mean, I know the vote, like, okay, what's the last time a story leaked about a head coach where it's like, you know, ownership has some questions and it didn't end up in that coach losing his job in the near future. Like Frank Vogel has his job today. Is he going to have his job next season? No, of course not. Yeah. I, I don't know. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know, there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger box sizes for more servings and more savings. HelloFresh also offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Try our quick and easy meals, which include 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in HelloFresh Market. Perfect for your busy schedule. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal. Look, guys, I don't have to tell you how busy I can be with all the work I do for Nick's Film School, as well as my show Final Review. 
My girlfriend is just as busy, and when that question comes up every night, what do you want for dinner, rarely do we both have answers. Well, we've actually been customers of HelloFresh for over a year, and we're thrilled when we found out about this sponsorship. Not only is the food delicious, but it's convenient to make and takes away that simple anxiety of what you're going to have for dinner that night. They send you a week's worth of meals, you cook them, you prepare them, you eat them, and then by the weekend, a new box for the following week shows up. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Should we be excited about anything for the rest of the season? I mean, watching the young players, I guess. Yeah, well, they have to play. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I I trust you that you feel like there'll be some sort of sea change after the break. Only hold on, I only mean, because of what Tibbs said after the game, where he he for the first time he acknowledged we like he's uh, I'll I'll pull up the quote, but it was basically yeah. we have we have young players here who are worthy of exploring further and like, um yeah, yeah. So. I think uh, I don't know. Give 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 Deuce a little bit of burn. Let's 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 give like you know Jericho Sims a little burn, you know Taj doesn't have to play forty minutes a night. I look, I got my my Taj Knicks Film School sweatshirt on right now. I had it on last night. I fucking love Taj Gibson. I love him. He's one. It will always be one of my favorite Knicks of all time. He is the man. He shouldn't be playing. <laughs> he should be playing when like every single center is injured and he has to play. He doesn't have to play right now and certainly doesn't have to play those minutes. Let's see a little bit more of Obi and Julius together. You know, it seems like the immediate future, the two of them are going to have to share their time on this, on this team together. They might as well share the court. Why not? You know, we've had such a small look. This season is over. It's fucking over. Oh yeah. No, the season is over. The season is over. Tinker. Tanker, give people burn. Tanker or oh, tinker? Oh, t- oh, t- oh, I mean both. Oh, like I haven't been living on Tankathon, you know, the last two weeks. I mean, it, the it, it's it's happening. We, you know, I'm starting to look at the draft board stuff. I'm I'm starting. I'm, I'm, I'm diving in a little bit. From, from what I understand, from what I could gather, there's like eight guys in this draft that I can. It's like a bicycle. Of- it's like a bicycle. You know, it's just like it feels good to just be back. You know, it's just. <laughs> Just ride in. It's like, um, you know, I only ride a bicycle now when I'm like on vacation, like when I go see my wife's family in Florida. So it's like vacation. We're back. You know, you're riding on the bicycle. I actually rode a bicycle the other day this this week on Valentine's Day. I rode a bicycle. Well, you live in Brooklyn now, so I think it's required by law. It's the first (laughs) I've been here since August. It's the first time I've gotten on. I got on a city bike. Ah, because I had I had I had 45 minutes. A man of the people. To get to Atlantic Terminal to pick up a uh, or the Apple Store by Atlantic Terminal to pick up my wife's Valentine's Day present. Oh, I, oh! I, so it was like out of necessity. <laughs> yes, it was out of necessity. That I rode the bicycle, <laughs> rode the bicycle there, picked up the gift, rode it back, gave it to my wife that night, and she said she she didn't like it, and I have to return uh, it. See, yeah, look at what she did. I know, screwed up. What you stupid man. I'm very stupid. Man. <laughs> um. Anyway, no, but no, like, you know, we, it's just like, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Like, let's, you know, what do you want to see? So let's go through this. What What are the things we actually want? So first things first, I think. I think we want to see RJ Barrett back on the court. Is that fair to put number one on the list? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to I'd like to see a run of games where where he and Julius both play really well. Together. It's funny that you bring up Julius. Julius is not going anywhere. Julius is going to continue playing games until maybe like the last hmm, two weeks of the season. If they're ma- like, I think yeah. when they're mathematically eliminated, I think you're going to get the report that Julius Randall has been dealing with insert your soft tissue injury here. Yep. All season long. Mm-hmm. Obi will get some ex- starts. Yeah. No, and th- no, but I think they're going to shut him down. Yeah. I think yeah. the the day they are mathematically eliminated, they're going to shut Julius down, and they're going to and you're going to hear a report about that he's been dealing with something all year. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. But in, but until then, I think Julius and and then maybe like 
you know, again, let's say that there's 10 games left in the season and they're, you know, six back or something. I see them giving Julius like a rest day or, you know, yes, I could, I could see that as well. Taj starts at the four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still, I know Julius has been playing very well of late. Hasn't it's, led to wins. <laughs> I, you know what, though? I'm not even going to put but that it's on, not him on him. It's not on him. I he think was, he, he, like it, it's on Tibbs. It's all absolutely on Tibbs. The rotation, well, the rotations. He just Tibbs just. I mean, I, I know it's it's um, recency bias, but like. He just does not know when to ride the hot hand. He, I feel like he did. There were games where he like there was I uh, the oh, first game that it. comes their first game that comes to mind is one of those Pacers wins last year last season yeah. where he kept the bench in the whole fourth quarter and they yep. won the game. It was a close game and yep. they won that game. It yep. was a, it was a great quickly game if I remember correctly. Yep. You know he doesn't do that this season. He doesn't do that this season. And maybe we, like you know maybe. Benji or Tom Pillow could break down like that. I'm completely wrong about that. And it's no, just I mean, my eye test, but I, it feels like he just doesn't know when to fucking do that anymore. I don't think he feels like he has the horses. I think he, I think he doesn't, I think he hasn't trusted quickly. Completely. Clearly. I a hundred percent think he hasn't trusted quickly. And we don't have to pretend that quickly has been great. He's well, like, quickly has been, been very bad shooting the ball. Very shooting bad. The shooting ball. The ball. Uh, defense has fallen off a little bit too, but um, yeah, he's been bad shooting the ball. Yeah, I don't think he trusts Obi as far as he could throw him. And then, like, no, that's your that's your bench. You know, I mean, yeah. he certainly doesn't. Yeah, but trust he fuck he trusts fucking Alec Burks. <laughs> and that, but that and he again, ran and and you know what? Yeah, when we don't have another asset going forward because we couldn't deal him, that's on Tibbs too, man. He ran that motherfucker into the ground. He ran him into the ground. I wonder what they would have. I wonder what they could have gotten for him if, if he bet, was still playing well. Maybe, if, maybe if they could have gotten something. No, look, we can say like, oh, Derrick Rose doesn't get hurt. Uh, yada yada yada. But like, if he doesn't like start forcing Burks to play point guard to start at point guard, you know, I think there is a chance that a contender gives gives us like a you know a late first. I th- I don't think that's so crazy because. Man, he was a really, really good bench player. Oh, he was the he I he I had it as of fifteen or so games ago, 10, 15 ish games ago. I thought he was the best player on the team this season. Um yeah. for a minute, you know, considering Rose has been injured for so long, I thought given the amount of minutes he played and given the multitude of roles he played, I thought Burst was the best player on the team. Yeah. Again, through the first 40, 40, 40 and change games. This season, and you're right. Uh, Burks is tired, and Burks has not been good for a while. But mm-hmm. Burks is a whatever he is, an 11 year veteran. Tibbs is going to trust him more than a second year point guard who's not really a point guard um, to, sure. to run his show. And that is, I think you could we could go round and round at all the other different uh, all the other different things. To me, the point guard situation this year, again, from Kemba to Burks to quickly to maybe did he overplay Rose, like all of that on down any and all criticism of Tibbs rotations and decisions he's made about when to play guys, how long to play guys, this, that, the other thing. I think it all comes down to that. I think the, I think the, like, you know, you could go to the Julius accountability stuff, play Julius a few less minutes and and play Obi a few more minutes. I think there's maybe some validity to that. Um, But well, no, I think there's some validity to that. Yeah. Um, No, I think there definitely is. But it it comes down to the point guard. Um, And it comes down to the fact that he hasn't had one that he trusts. And the fact is that since Derrick Rose has gone down, like, you know, there's not a great option on this team. Does it mean you go out there and run and run Burks repeatedly? Probably not. That probably has no. not been, that was probably not the right decision. Um, and, he, you know, he'll pay for that with his job. Yeah. Um, so back to we Randall. Were, we were yeah. supposed to be talking about what we're excited about the rest of the I know. Season. We got into this. No, because I, because we were talking about Randall and like Randall's been better. I, yeah. And you, yeah, we got into it about whether these losses were his fault. I, to me, I don't, I, they're not his fault. I don't really care that they're not his fault. I don't, it's more to me like I'm still fundamentally um, perturbed <laughs> by some of what we have seen from him this year and even in these recent games. Like, you, you know, it, you say what you want about it. Oh, he's maybe he's tired or this and that. Like, 
Julius has not brought it this year um, in the way that he brought it last year. And I'm not even talking about the fact that he's missing missed shots. Like the, the, the shell of a player that he was for the first 50 some odd games of the season. I, I'm sure that I, I'm quite certain that there's some stuff going on in his personal life that maybe it comes out. Maybe it doesn't, I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, you know, even like everybody has personal, like you have personal shit. I have personal shit. Every every person in the world has personal shit. Yeah. The, the the people the the best of us. Well, I shouldn't say the best of us. I don't put myself in this. The best of pe- of those people out there at whatever the it is. city bike. The, you get the seated. You get the city bike to make it to pick up the gift. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> you get you, you get the gift. <laughs> yeah. I got the wrong gift, but I got the gift. Sure. But at um, least you tried. I did try. You, you know, you figure out you figure out a way to not let your personal stuff affect your professional life. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and some people are better at that than others. And the fact that Julius to me um, has clearly showed himself this year to be someone who that is not strength of his, that worries me to the point that like, yes, I'm, I'm, I do, I guess want to see him continue to do well. Cause it can only help the organization moving forward. But I, among my own personal off season priorities, after getting a point guard who could run a basketball team <laughs> mm-hmm. somehow, I don't know where the hell we're getting that person from, but uh, I would, I would really love to see what the market is for Julius, especially, and I'll, 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 I'll end with this. And I'm curious what you thought is if the organization really is going to hit the reset button mm-hmm. and, and let go of Tom and give the job to Johnny Bryant and make this team fully centered around younger players and maybe you retain a Fournier and you retain like one or one or two other guys, but in roles that are not as prominent, if they're really going to do that, is there a deal out there where you can move Randall and bring back something that is maybe on a slightly different timeline, Mm -hmm. something that is of real value. And I think if listen, guys, uh, 25 points a game uh, for seven games in a row, like, you're starting to see the guy again that people saw last season. Some team out there is going to be able to convince themselves, hey, if we put this guy next to our number one, that's we could be pretty good, you know? And I yeah. I think they'll find that deal. I just don't know for a fact will they pull that trigger. Yeah. Do you want yeah. them to? I think so. I, I think like we know what Julius is. I I don't see a future where you can build around him. Not not in this. I think this the situation is just kind of. I mean, especially like what we saw the dark side of this season. Oh yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm really concerned. And if he can play his way back, you know, con- continuing on this path that he's been on the last you know couple of weeks to end the season, and there is that value. Mm-hmm. Oh man, take it. Take it because there's a lot of young talent on this team that I think we should focus on. And I'm not obviously alone if you're on Nick's Twitter. Uh, you know, the idea of building around RJ is much more appealing to me than building around Julius at this point. I, I know, I know that RJ is not a number one on a yeah, contending but, team, but like the, for the, a, for the he time is being, a kid. he is a yeah. kid and with the right development. He could be very special. Yeah, and I agree. The, and there is a lot of really good pieces falling into place, like Grimes. And I still believe in quickly. I really oh, still so believe I, in quickly. I, I've, I, I've never. I think. Yeah. I think the pieces are there. I don't see a future where Julius is going to suddenly find this chemistry with this group of players. And no, I think. I think. Yeah, I, 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 I think you have to choose one or the other. You clean shop and you build around Julius, which I think is a huge mistake. And I don't even know what that would even look like. I'm, I mean, you can, you can obviously find people that would want our young talent. Um, but I think at this point it makes sense to, especially if his value has gotten back somewhat closer to like what it was last off season. I think you, you pull that trigger, you know? Yeah. And especially, and, I, and especially, sorry. And especially yeah. if, if Johnny Bryant is the guy who um, has that job in the off season, you know, or, or before the off season or, or by the time uh, this podcast yeah. posts. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Um, 
man. Yeah. Like focus on, you know, the, uh, an actual rebuild. We've been pitched an act uh, rebuild so many times and it's never happened. You know, well, I we've think had, they were we've had, you know, about to do it. And then Julius, yeah, had and then Julius last year. Yeah. Right. And then Julius played out of his mind. Um, so I think take the opportunity that you could have had this past off season and, and try to get something good for Julius and find a home. Like you said, someone who's going to say, this guy fits much better in our system than he does in New York with where our team is at. There's a team. I mean, I don't know who that team is right now. I was, like was going to ask you, like, do you have a team in mind? Because I have a couple in mind. I mean, well, I, I want to hear yours. Um, so I'll go back to the team that I, and I think I wrote this a week or two ago um, as the team that right when the Julius stuff first started, other than the Kings, who were always an obvious team to me and then decided that they didn't want Julius Randle, they would rather have DeMontis Sabonis and who could blame them. Yes. Um, the team that always stuck out to me was uh, Portland. And it made perfect sense to me because like, you got Dame there, who's an older star. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see that sort of partnership working, you know? Um they, you know, we'll see about like, and, and, but here's the other part about them. This is why this is so interesting. I said this, I think on the, I think I said, would I say this? On, no, maybe I say this, said this on halftime. I said it. Some, I say too much shit. I have too many different places that <laughs> you, I speak it through a microphone. Yeah. I do not envy you the amount of content you have, are making right now. The well, just of, keeping it all straight. That's all it is. You know, like I was on the like playback last night. You're hopping off to go on the halftime Zoom. Yeah. You're recording a podcast before that. It's like, man, John, respect. It's a lot of things. Um, at some point, I was like, if you're looking at the Portland situation, and specifically at Dame Lillard and like, you know, whatever rumblings, you know, well, I mean, God, while he was like saying the quiet part out loud on the broadcast the other the other uh, the other night, um, you know, rumblings, he may ask out or whatever. Like. If Dame Lillard asks out. Who's the team other than the Knicks, potentially, right, mm-hmm. to give them the Godfather package for him? Because, like, you know, I don't even think we have to go through the teams right now because Philly was always the obvious team. Yes. You know, and Mm -hmm. they're out of that market now. And you you look at the other teams who, like, maybe at once upon a time, like, would have been rumored to be in on it. Like, um, Like, you know, like Indiana. Yeah. Indiana. They're going into a rebuild like a Boston. Like, do you think Boston's given up uh, Jalen Brown at this point with what they have going on? You think Toronto's going to disrupt? I think this what they have is a really nice young core of like everybody's six nine and like the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. And then you could just keep on going down the list, like you know, Golden State. You think like once upon a time it was like, hey, maybe he'd be a third guard there. That ship has sailed. Um, and you go on and on and on, and there's just, you know, it's the Lakers basically, and it's like, okay, great. What what is what is the what are the Lakers going to give to Portland to incentivize them to take? Russell Westbrook. I mean, is the two are, I guess, after the draft, you'd be able to do two future firsts, I guess. Um, but like, there's not a whole lot of obvious destinations for Dame. So if yeah. the Knicks pull back and we're like, yeah, we're, we're not going to, that's not the business we want to be in anymore. And by the way, I don't necessarily think Dame wants to like come here after what's gone on this year. So maybe yeah. it's like both, both parties are like, no, thank you. Right if he decides to stay in Portland and was like, okay, I'm committed. Like we'll work out a contract extension that does not involve paying me $60 million when I'm 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, aren't they going to look at Julius Randall and may, and maybe even his buddy, Miles Turner in Indiana and make a, a swing of few trades. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. That's the, that's the team that I have my eye on. That's, okay. that's the one. And yeah. I think there you, you could find some other teams like I think you could, I, this the salaries would make it tough because it would involve them giving up um, Kuzma and Coldwell Polk. I and mean, I think you could argue that Kuzma's turned himself into a nice little asset at this point. But like Washington, yeah. you know, if you're desperate Washington team trying to convince Bradley Beal to like stay long term, like, OK, we got Porzingis for you and you got Randall like that's another team, um, you know, Dallas. But again, what does Dallas have to, that? 
that would get interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's, I think there's a, there's a team that you could get some real value for him. Um, at least in terms of picks, a young player. Uh, and then, and then you go from there and you figure out what your draft pick is. And like, so that's why I, I, I push back a little bit on like being excited to see like Julius and, and, and RJ together. I'm more like, that's fair. I want to see quickly run point mm-hmm. more than I want to see Deuce run point, actually, if I'm being honest. And I, I sure. understand sure. quickly, quickly is had a rough go of it. I want to see quickly run point with RJ. I want to see like, it's going to sit out crazy because he's played like awfully. I want to see what Cam could do. No, I do too. You traded for the guy and he, he shown some little taste of little, little like, stuff, little stuff, you know, his shot selection is atrocious. You know, somebody and needs his to, concentration on defense is not much better. No, uh, but he knows how to get in a passing lane. He's long as hell. He gets to the line. Yep. Uh, he does some really nice things. So yeah, no. Give give him give him some run. Like give give these guys some run. I, I, you you should see what you have in the tank. No pun intended. For 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 next season. You know, who is the what is the starting lineup for this team on the last game of the regular season? Oh, my God. Uh, and, and who's the coach? You know, my my gut is still feels like Tibbs will be the coach until the offseason. Uh, I, I think there I, I know that there's the leaks today. I know that there's a reporting that that only comes out when the writing's on the wall. But um I also think that Leon Rose wants to try to keep things looking like they're in order and not just pull the plug before the season is over. Maybe that's, I mean, we could get a notification from Ian Begley, you know, while we're still talking here. I, I Uh, I agree with you. It'll be after the season. And I, and I could see it going like an interesting way. Like, Tom Thibodeau has agreed to transition to a role as an advisor. So it's like Mm -hmm. Tibbs doesn't get fired. He saves face. He gets Mm -hmm. to collect the third year of his contract. Um, And it looks, you know, they put a smiley face on it. Yeah. It's like what the Mets did with what? Like uh, with their manager is like, they're like, or no, is that what they did? Or was it Sandy Alderson? It was somebody who, Basically, was getting fired, but they were get, being kept on to okay. you know save face. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's maybe uh, that's maybe accurate. So, uh, so starting lineup. Who's the starting lineup? Uh, quickly, a point. Not Deuce. No, I think quickly. Oh, I mean, I, look. Obviously, somebody can get hurt. Um, knock on wood, nobody's hurt. But no, I think quickly a point. Uh, I do think that Mitch, there's no way Mitch will be playing the last game of the season. They're really? Gonna, yeah. Just because of health. I just think they're by that point, I think I could see Sim starting at, Like I could I, see a, a weird lineup. You think Mitch plays the last game? Of the he's season? going into unrestricted free agency. He may want to continue to put on a bit of an audition. Last game of the season though. I, I look, maybe yeah, not. Maybe I, I don't I mean, for all I know, they could be playing Lucas Samanich as a starting small forward in, in the last game of the season. But like, <laughs> it's true. Um, no, I mean, I, okay, so that's fair. So maybe Mitch is. So maybe the, I'll, I'll let me amend the question. Like, yeah, yeah, the last game before it's like before everybody's. Yeah. So you, uh, let's say Mitch set. as a starting center. Mm-hmm. You want to go Obi at power forward? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, RJ. RJ to three. Mm-hmm. Do we get a? Do we get what do you think is RJ Grimes, RJ Reddish, RJ Quickly? Man, this is kind of tough now. Yeah, maybe Cam Reddish is in the starting lineup. Maybe that maybe that makes the most sense. Maybe that makes the most sense. I I think he he would if it's Tibbs coaching the team. I think. He, <laughs> I think he would go Grimes. It would be Grimes, yeah. I yeah. think he would go Grimes. Yeah. I think he would go Grimes, and I actually think he would... I think he would go... I think Deuce is going to start like the... I don't know if it's going to be six games, eight games, ten games. I think Deuce is going to be the starter at point guard down the stretch of the season. Honestly, I, I, I hope so. 
I yeah, know so. that. I mean, I, I'd be why, fine with that too. Because yeah. why not give give the kids some experience? Why not? Yeah. It may be it, it may it may be ugly, but like uh, when all the COVID stuff was going on, the kid played really well. Yeah, he did. You know, I, I'm yeah. kind of conf- like I'm kind of conf- I really thought that when he came back from COVID, that like there would there would be a spot for him again. And then, you know, Kemba had his job back again for some fucking reason. So, um, do you think that there will be, who do you think will be the last veteran? Let's put Julius aside, who again, I think will play until they're mathematically eliminated. Mm-hmm. Who do you think will be the last veteran to continue to get regular minutes? Taj. <laughs> Taj. He's going to keep playing Taj. Taj. Taj could be done soon. You know, it, it, uh, Tibbs might be giving Taj like his, his last you know, uh, his last minutes, you know, maybe does he, does he have one more year next year? Tosh? No, Taj no, it was, it was one year. So it's, it's a team option. So you could, you could see Taj hanging it up. So it's possible that Tibbs is riding into the sunset with his boy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's possible. Um, uh, who, who's more likely to work in the NBA next year? Taj Gibson or Tom Thibodeau? Oh my God. I mean, yeah. advisor I, role aside, I would, I would, Honestly, if Johnny Bryant is, if we're assuming that he's going to be the coach next season, wouldn't it be wonderful he, to have Taj the on the coaching staff? Wouldn't it be? <laughs> I think that would be awesome. It'd be great. No, I'd, I'd listen. I'd kill for that. I would absolutely go for that. I pay. Yes, I'd go. I'd, I'd start a GoFundMe to make that happen. There's a chance that he might want to take some time off and you know not travel around the country for half the year, but um, possible. But maybe not. Maybe he doesn't give right. a shit. And he's like, no, nah, I love basketball and I want to keep doing that. So perhaps uh, I would love that. I would love that too. And then you can keep wearing your tie sweatshirt and I can keep That's wearing right. my tie t-shirt. Um, this was fun, funny. Um, yes. As fun as it could be. No, I, I needed this. I needed this. I needed, For sure. I needed to. For sure. This was, I look, I'm we're, so uh, I think I'm going to re- mention this on the, on the intro, but we're recording this Thursday night. I'm going to finish up my newsletter in a few minutes. Um, and I think I'm going to write, I'll, I'll write something for Monday, which I'm probably going to try to bang out tomorrow on Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, at least I am not going to think about this team at all. You have <laughs> earned it. Not one bit. Uh, will I, will will I be thinking about this? Yeah. You say that now, bro. We'll see about that. Me and me and Andrew joked about it earlier today when we were recording the Patreon pod, uh, saying like, watch, watch the news breaks when we're like both on a beach, you know? (laughs) Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, um, you've been really busy. Do you mind spending a minute just talking about like what you've been up to of late? Cause I, I, I'm absolutely sure. Well, first and foremost, most importantly, um, my wife and I have been working towards uh, becoming foster parents over the last year, which if, if any of you listeners out there um, were foster kids yourself or are foster parents, um, you know how much work that is. And um, we finally have our, our first placement. Uh, he's a baby boy. He's a little over a year. And uh, he has made this horrible next run. Um much less important to me, which is amazing. You know, kids, kids will do that. Um, Kids will do that. So uh, yeah, he's a blessing and uh, we'll see how long he's in our care for, but we're, we're trying to give him all the love and um, I'm I'm trying not to play too many Knicks games for him because I don't, (laughs) he's been through enough. We're we're trying to give him a good life. We're trying to give him a good life. Um, so that's been incredible. Um, he's, he's, he's amazing. Um, and then, um, yeah, I have a new show that I, I know that I teased, um, in previous podcasts, but it's finally out. It's called, as we see it, it's on Amazon. Um, it's gotten really good reviews. I'm really proud of it. Um, I play an Arby's manager. Awesome. Uh, it is, uh, it's a really good show. You can watch with the family. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it centers around three roommates who are on the autism spectrum. The three actors are actually autistic. Um, and it's Jason Kadams oh, wow. who did Friday night lights and parenthood. So 
it's uh it walks the line of cheesy without like being cheesy and it's funny and heartbreaking and uh it's really good really good it's for it's first on my list of uh things that i'm going to get to when i i'm i may be able to get to it this week actually i don't know if where i'm going if they have amazon prime down there if it, yeah. if they do it'll be this week if not it'll be in the off season um, early in the off season, but I've been looking forward to that, especially after uh, Alan Suppenwall gave you a very nice review. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes. Rolling yeah, Stone. that I, whoever that guy is, uh, he gave <laughs> us a good review. So much appreciated, much appreciated. And you've been doing all kinds of. I mean, you're popping up left and right, man. You're doing, you're yeah. killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other stuff down the road that I can't talk about. So you know, um, uh, trying to stay busy, but at the m- immediate moment. This child is taking up all my effort, all my time. And, As it should. Uh, yeah. And making me feel my age in a good way. I am absolutely exhausted at the end of every day because, you know, he's on the go. But he's that's good. It's good exhaustion. Awesome. Yes. As, yeah. a, as opposed to Alec Burks at the end of a, a basketball <laughs> game, which is, which is bad exhaustion. Yeah. I'd rather this kid run me into the ground than tips for sure. That's that's more than fair. Yeah. Um, good luck with that. Uh, thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation between me and Fuddy. He's awesome. Um, definitely go check out uh, any anything that he is on or he is in on television or has ever been in. He's a great actor and uh, he's a good dude and a great friend. And I'm so um, I'm so happy to hear that he is doing this foster parent thing because that is really cool. And I wish more people did that and helped out uh, those who could probably use the help. Um, And that is that. Thank you as always for listening to another episode of the Knicks film school podcast. Like I said, we're taking a little bit of time off, but even so we will be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, take care, be safe and let's go next. Next.